Today is the fifth day of April. I am Denise, and welcome to Psalms Cast. Oh, friends, are you seeing the Lord's works of mercy and grace in your life today, over the last week, this last little bit? Or are you struggling right now to breathe amidst hard stuff? One situation is not better than the other. And often, in the blink of an eye, we go from one extreme to the opposite extreme. Often, in the midst of the battle, people will counsel us, this too shall pass. Is that really in God's word? Is this something that Jesus would counsel us to cling to when breathing is hard? Many think that those four words, this too shall pass, are in the Bible. But are they? Hum. Something to consider today is we seek to draw near to our Lord. As we come into His presence, open yourself to the Holy Spirit as we travel through Psalm 5, Psalm 35, Psalm 65, Psalm 95, and Psalm 125. We're reading from the God's Word version of the Bible. At the end of today's podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, We are giving thought and consideration to what happened on that first day, but from a different point of view. Today's chapter was written by a physician whose target market, or to whom he was talking, was Gentile or a non-Hebrew, non-Israelite, non-Jewish person. Today we are in the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Let's take just a brief moment to ask the Lord to be the focus for this time. Father, we come humbly into this moment in time to seek you. We desire to draw near to you, to experience your mercy and your grace in the midst of the stuff that is before us. Generously pour into us your truth. We are desperate for hope. And we are looking to you for peace and to experience joy that can only be an outpouring from your hand. Open our minds and open our hearts to all that you have for us today in your word. Allow our life to be transformed. We need you, Lord. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 5. A Psalm by David Open your ears to my words, O Lord. Consider my inmost thoughts. Pay attention to my cry for help, my King and my God, because I pray only to you. In the morning, O Lord, hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my needs in front of you, and I wait. You are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. Evil will never be your guest. Those who brag cannot stand in your sight. You hate all troublemakers. You destroy those who tell lies. The Lord is disgusted with bloodthirsty and deceitful people. But I will enter your house because of your great mercy. Out of reverence for you, I will bow toward your holy temple. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of those who spy on me. Make your way in front of me smooth. Nothing in their mouths is truthful. 
Destruction comes from their hearts. Their throats are open graves. They flatter with their tongues. Condemn them, O God. Let their own schemes be their downfall. Throw them out for their many crimes because they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing with joy forever. Protect them and let those who love your name triumph in you. You bless righteous people, O Lord. Like a large shield, you surround them with your favor. Psalm 35 by David O Lord, attack those who attack me. Fight against those who fight against me. Use your shields, both small and large. Arise to help me. Hold your spear to block the way of those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your Savior. Let those who seek my life be put to shame and disgraced. Let those who plan my downfall be turned back in confusion. Let them be like husks blown by the wind as the messenger of the Lord chases them. Let their path be dark and slippery as the messenger of the Lord pursues them. For no reason they hid their net in a pit. For no reason they dug the pit to trap me. Let destruction surprise them. Let the net that they hid catch them. Let them fall into their own pit and be destroyed. My soul will find joy in the Lord and be joyful about His salvation. All my bones will say, O Lord, who can compare with you? You rescue the weak person from the one who is too strong for him and weak and needy people from the one who robs them. Malicious people bring charges against me. They ask me things I know nothing about. I am devastated because they pay me back with evil instead of good. But when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting. When my prayer returned unanswered, I walked around as if I were mourning for my friend or my brother. I was bent over as if I were mourning for my mother. Yet when I stumbled, they rejoiced and gathered together. They gathered together against me. Unknown attackers tore me apart without stopping. With crude and abusive mockers, they grit their teeth at me. O Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue me from their attacks. Rescue my precious life from the lions. I will give you thanks in a large gathering. I will praise you in a crowd of worshipers. Do not let my treacherous enemies gloat over me. Do not let those who hate me for no reason wink at me. They do not talk about peace. Instead, they scheme against the peaceful people in the land. They open their big mouths and say about me, Aha! Aha! Our own eyes have seen it. You have seen it, O Lord. Do not remain silent. O Lord, do not be so far away from me. Wake up and rise to my defense. Plead my case, O my God and my Lord. Judge me by your righteousness, O Lord my God. Do not let them gloat over me or think, Aha, just what we wanted. 
Do not let them say, We have swallowed him up. Let those who gloat over my downfall be thoroughly put to shame and confused. Let those who promote themselves at my expense be clothed with shame and disgrace. Let those who are happy when I am declared innocent joyfully sing and rejoice. Let them continually say, The Lord is great. He is happy when his servant has peace. Then my tongue will tell of your righteousness about your praise all day long. Psalm 65, a psalm by David, a song. You are praised with silence in Zion, O God, and vows made to you must be kept. You are the one who hears prayers. Everyone will come to you. Various sins overwhelm me. You are the one who forgives our rebellious acts. Blessed is the person you choose and invite to live with you in your courtyards. We will be filled with good food from your house, from your holy temple. You answer us with awe-inspiring acts done in righteousness, O God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the most distant sea the one who set the mountains in place with his strength, the one who is clothed with power, the one who calms the roar of the seas, their crashing waves, and the uproar of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth are in awe of your miraculous signs. The lands of the morning sunrise and evening sunset sing joyfully. You take care of the earth and you water it. You make it much richer than it was. The river of God is filled with water. You provide grain for them. Indeed, you even prepare the ground. You drench plowed fields with water and level their clumps of soil. You soften them with showers and bless what grows in them. You crown the year with your goodness and richness overflows wherever you are. The pastures of the desert overflow with richness. The lands are surrounded with joy. The pastures are covered with flocks. The valleys are carpeted with grain. All of them shout triumphantly. Indeed, they sing. Psalm 95 Come, let's sing joyfully to the Lord. Let's shout happily to the rock of our salvation. Let's come into his presence with a song of thanksgiving. Let's shout happily to him with psalms. The Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth and the mountain peaks are his. The sea is his. He made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, Let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel in front of the Lord, our Maker, because He is our God, and we are the people in His care, the flock that He leads. If only you would listen to Him today. Do not be stubborn like my people were at Meribah, like the time at Manasseh in the desert. Your ancestors challenged me and tested me there. Though they had seen what I had done, for 40 years I was disgusted with those people. So I said to them, 
You are a people whose heart continue to stray. They have not learned my ways. That is why I angrily took this solemn oath. They will never enter my place of rest. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 125, a song for going up to worship. Those who trust the Lord are like Mount Zion, which can never be shaken. It remains firm forever. As the mounds surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people now and forever. A wicked ruler will not be allowed to govern the land set aside for righteous people. That is why righteous people do not use their power to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those whose motives are decent. But when people become crooked, the Lord will lead them away with troublemakers. Let there be peace in Israel. For many of us here in 2021, daily life is a struggle to just keep breathing and trusting that God is good all the time. With each challenge that lingers day after endless day, one step forward, three steps back, well-meaning people often just desire to hear good news. When I actually have the courage to confess I am struggling to breathe, some do say things like, things will get better, this too will pass. (sighs) How I treasure those who take a moment to pray with me in my hard spot and ask Jesus to be very present. Yeah, these beloved people point me back to the one who can transform this ash heap that is my current location into a victory banner. That I do know. So this week, I do want to share some truths about struggling and some good news from God's Word. Yes, every struggle we often have causes us to lose sight of God's truth about life. Today, let's consider this truth. We are being renewed day by day, and we have an eternal hope. We find this truth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that is why we are not discouraged, though outwardly we are wearing out, inwardly we are renewed day by day. Our suffering is light and temporary and is producing for us an eternal glory that is greater than anything we can imagine. We don't look for things that can be seen, but for things that can't be seen. Things that can be seen are only temporary, but things that can't be seen last forever. Friends, hear this amazing word from Debbie McDaniel's article. As believers in Christ, we can hold fast to this promise. We have an eternal destiny through Him, and God will never waste the pain we may face in this life. He will turn it around for good, every battle, every hard place, every dark time, every painful storm. He will never allow us to walk through deep struggle without allowing it to bring greater hope and purpose, both in our own life and through our place in this world. 
Every mark of darkness is redeemed when we are in Christ. Every crushing trial will be pushed back so we can live free. That's what he does best. He brings beauty and strength, hope and goodness from every difficult journey and broken day. Our past will not define us. The trial itself will not label us. We are only defined by our Lord who lifts us up out of the deep, who brings us through the fire, who takes us straight out of the darkness into greater purpose and blessing up ahead, restored, redeemed, renewed. You know, often we are so fixated on the heart of a crisis that we do lose sight of God's amazing, continual blessings, mercies, and grace for that day. So how can we activate a change of mindset in the throes of despair? Yeah, despair has been kicking my butt a lot this year. So what I would encourage others who are also struggling is to name out loud or notate somehow your blessings. What a blessing looks like may be a mundane item or even a more significant moment or event. For the mundane, it might be something like being able to hear the sound of birds singing, seeing the beauty of a loved one's smile, the joy of being able to breathe deeply, to walk or to move without continual pain, the joy of a restful night of sleep. Examples of a significant moment or an event might be holding your newborn grandchild in your arms for the very first time, seeing your child successfully master a new skill, celebrating another mile marker of life. The Psalms often remind us that God is our strong tower If we will run to him with our struggles, often he will bring forth encouragement from an unexpected place. It might be a podcast. It might be an unexpected phone call or perhaps a card in the mail of someone just saying, I am praying for you or you matter. It may be the Lord opening your ears so that you are able to hear that bird singing his song of praise to the Lord God, and then having the Holy Spirit stir a song of worship within you to cry out to the Lord, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we ask, give us your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit Fall upon us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to lead us more, guide us more, direct our paths. Lead us into all truth, we ask. We are seeking you. We are asking you. We are knocking, and you are good. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of the risen Savior, Jesus. Amen. So a praise that I have today is today I am praising God for one of the most significant blessings that took place 35 years ago on this day. 
Yes, today is our wedding anniversary. Two lives tied together by a promise to have and to hold for better, for worse, (laughs) in sickness and in health. Seeing how the Lord over and over and over again has been the anchor that has kept our humble union together through thick and thin is just very humbling, and I am so grateful. As we age, we know more than ever that each day that we are given together is a gift, and we need to be purposeful about cherishing these moments Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for my husband, David. Now for those who desire to go deeper in God's Word at the very end of the podcast, today we are spending time in the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. Luke did not grow up in the Jewish tradition and faith. He would have been considered a Gentile or a pagan by those who gathered in God's temple. So Luke's gospel account approaches the testimonies of Jesus' life and ministry as well as his arrest, trials, and crucifixion from a different perspective. Today's chapter recounts the happenings of that glorious first day of the week, the day the tomb was empty, and the news was this, Jesus is alive. As we wrap up today, remember, if you have questions, if you want to make comments, if you would like to request prayer or would like a Bible of your own, if you're in the United States, the number to call or text is 470-240-1509. If you're outside the United States, I encourage you to use WhatsApp, and that number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also check in or message us through one of the social media networks. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you. I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Luke chapter 24. Luke was one of the first Gentiles that became a believer in Jesus. His profession was as a physician. And here, he was the only Gentile that wrote one of the gospel accounts. And this gospel account, along with the book of Acts, are addressed to somebody as follows. So I thought it would be a good idea to write an orderly account for your excellency, Theophilus. In this way, you will know that what you've been told is true. Okay, this begs the question, who exactly is this Theophilus? Oh goodness, there are a lot of theories. And this account mirrors many of the things that we find in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew. But it shows Jesus reaching out to many different people groups, many of whom were marginalized or outliers. Jesus came to save the lost and to give us a hope and a future that we had never known prior to this time. Suddenly, there was a gateway to come to God. And through Jesus, we who were not a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the nation of Hebrew heritage, 
We're able to enter into fellowship and yes, to be adopted into God's family. And friends, this is huge. It is absolutely mind-blowingly huge. So today we are reading the last chapter of the book of Luke, the gospel account, to see what happened that first day of the week after Jesus had been in the tomb for three days and three nights. So as I'm reading, let God's words wash over you and through you. Trust the Holy Spirit to bring to your attention that that he wants you to focus on and meditate on today. Remember, the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Luke chapter 24. Jesus comes back to life. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. They were carrying the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. When they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were puzzled about this, two men in clothes that were as bright as lightning suddenly stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed to the ground. The men asked the women, Why are you looking among the dead for the living one? He is not here. He has been brought back to life. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee. He said, The Son of Man will be handed over to sinful people, be crucified, and come back to life on the third day. Then the women remembered what Jesus had told them. The women left the tomb and went back to the city. They told everything to the eleven apostles and all the others. The women were Mary from Magdala, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. There were also other women with them. They told the apostles everything. The apostles thought that the women's story didn't make any sense, and they didn't believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. He bent down to look inside and saw only the strips of linen. Then he went away, wondering what had happened. Jesus appears to disciples on a road to Emmaus. On the same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were talking, Jesus approached them and began walking with them. Although they saw him, they didn't recognize him. He asked them, What are you discussing? They stopped and looked very sad. One of them, Cleopas, replied, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know what has happened recently? What happened? he asked. They said to him, We were discussing what happened to Jesus from Nazareth. He was a powerful prophet in what he did and said in the sight of God and all the people. Our chief priests and rulers had him condemned to death and crucified. We were hoping that he was the one who would free Israel. What's more... This is now the third day since everything happened. Some of the women from our group startled us. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They told us that they had seen angels who said that he's alive. Some of our men went to the tomb and found it empty, as the women had said, but they didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, How foolish you are! 
You're so slow to believe everything the prophet said. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then he began with Moses' teaching and the prophets to explain to them what was said about him throughout the scriptures. When they came near the village where they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. They urged him, Stay with us. It's getting late and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. While he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it. He broke the bread and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't we excited when he talked with us on the road and opened up the meaning of the scriptures for us? That same hour, they went back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven apostles and those who were with them gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has really come back to life and has appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples told what had happened on the road and how they had recognized Jesus when he broke the bread. Jesus appears to the apostles. While they were talking about what had happened, Jesus stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you. They were terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He asked them, Why are you afraid? Why do you have doubts? Look at my hands and feet and see that it's really me. Touch me and see for yourselves. Ghosts don't have flesh and bones, but you can see that I do. As he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. The disciples were overcome with joy and amazement because this seemed too good to be true. Then Jesus asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate it while they watched him. Then he said to them, These are the words I spoke to you while I was still with you. I told you that everything written about me and Moses' teachings, the prophets, and the Psalms had to come true. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, Scripture says that the Messiah would suffer and that he would come back to life on the third day. Scripture also said that by the authority of Jesus, people would be told to turn to God and change the way they think and act so that their sins will be forgiven. This would be told to people from all nations, beginning in the city of Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. I'm sending you what my father promised. Wait here in the city until you receive power from heaven. Then Jesus took them to a place near Bethany. There he raised his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken to heaven. The disciples worshipped him and were overjoyed when they went back to Jerusalem. They were always in the temple where they praised God. Godly goodness, this is such a powerful chapter. As a Gentile, Luke would have had none of the Hebrew or Jewish training and teaching that all males received as they grew up. This is why this particular gospel account is perfect for someone who didn't grow up in a church. It depicts Jesus from the viewpoint of one who does not know the real living God already. This is new information, and sometimes new ideas are difficult to grasp and identify with. Luke, as a physician, was a fact-checker, 
and he gives a lot of detail. One of the interesting things I noticed as I read today was the number of times the phrase, the third day, was used. Interestingly, it is used three times, once by the angels who had appeared to the women in the tomb, once by the disciples pondering that then, right then, in that moment, when they met Jesus on the road to Emmaus, it was the third day, and strange happenings had happened at the tomb, and then once, when Jesus explained to the two disciples as he opened their understanding of the scriptures, did you notice that Jesus actually mentions the Psalms as a point of reference for prophecies about him? Wow, that was a first time that I noticed this, and it affirms why knowing what is in the Psalms is relevant to drawing near to the Lord. I was also curious about how many times the phrase third day was referenced in the Gospel of Luke. We have the three occurrences in this chapter, but Jesus also spoke about his death three times in reference thir- the third day in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, Luke 13, 32, and Luke 18, 31. When I realized this, it made me hungry to know more And as I was researching about who Theophilus was, one of the sources offered this sage advice that I would like to offer to you as well. Take the time to sit down and read through the Gospel of Luke and immediately read through the book of Acts. That was the way these two books were written. They were written as an account to be read together. The source of this advice said that it probably would take about one and a half hours to complete the task, but that most likely the Lord would use that time to open your mind and increase your understanding.